Okay, people. So as the year closes and Christmas is whew, just a day away, we're bringing you a new episode of Echo Chamber, as we do. And as we do, people, we're going to start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 16th to the 18th of December. So at number 10 is the new film, right, from Mark Mylord, right? It's called The Menu, and it's written by Seth Rays and Will Tracy, starring Anna Taylor-Joy, Ralph Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, Janet McAteer, John Leguizamo, Amy Chamiro, and others. At number nine, it's, well, it's Christmas, right? So there's a whole heap of Christmas films up in there. The Muppet Christmas Carol is the first. Brian Henson directs. Jerry Jewell writes this adaptation of the Charles Dickens classic. And, yeah, Michael Caine, you know, typical, you know, Muppet Frank Oz, you know, just David Rudman, just, yeah, all them people's doing their thing, right? So, at number eight, another staple, I have, to be honest with you people, I have never watched this film, It's a Wonderful Life, yeah, Frank Capra, uh, written by Francis Goldridge and Albert Hackett, James Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, Henry Travers. I mean, everyone says it's good. I have no fucking clue. Right now, I have seen uh, the number seven film. It's Home Alone. Right, Chris Columbus. Chris Chris Columbus directs John Hughes writes. Macaulay Culkin, it's that big role. Joe Pesky, um, Daniel Stern, John Hurd, Robert Blossoms, Catherine O'Hara, Angela Goffrels, and John Candy doing his thing with a little, you know what I mean? At number six, still on that Christmas tip, is Elf. John Favreau directs David Brenborn, writes the script. Will Farrell, James Kahn, Rob Newhart, Ed Asner, Zoe Deschanel, Daniel Tay, Fazian Love, Peter Dinkage. I forgot Dinkage was up in this. Damn. You know what I mean? So we are now in the top five. And at number five, it's Strange World, right? The Disney joint from director Queen Nugent and Don Hall. Nugent also uh, writes the film. Jake Gyllenhaal, Jacoby Young-White, Gabriel Union, Alan Tour, Lucy Liu, Dennis Quaid, all add their voices to uh, this one. At number four, people, is A Violent Night. I hear this is very good. 
It's from Tommy Wakola, written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller, David Harbour, Beverly D'Angelo, John Legziano again, Cam Gidagont, Eddie Patterson, Brendan Fletcher. You know, yeah, I'm going to have to try and watch that at some point. Another one that I really do need to uh, get and watch is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Right, Ryan Cougar directs, co-writes with Joe Robert Cole. Got Angela Bassett, Danny Guerrero, Latita Wright, Lapita Nungugo, Tenish Hereta, Lake Bell, Martin Freeman, Michaela Cole, Dominic Fawn, Wilson Duke, Richard Schiff. Yeah, I do need to see that film. At number two, it's Matilda the Musical. Right. Obviously, it's based on the Ronald Dahl book. Screenplays from Dennis Kelly. Matthew Walkus directs. Starring Emma Thompson, Stephen Graham, Andrea Riceborough, Lashana Lynch, Catherine Kingsley, Aisha Weir, Nick Owenford, Serena Suling Bliss. You know what I mean? And the number one film for Christmas will be surprise surprise Avatar The Way of Walter James Cameron is finally back to um, yeah Pandora right finally back he writes a screenplay along with Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver Zoe Salander, Kate Winslet, Sam Worthington, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Giovanna Rabisky, Bailey Bass, Chloe Coleman, Cliff Curtis. Yeah, I hear it's good, but I don't know. I will get around to seeing it at some point for sure. But yes. Now that's out of the way, should we get into this week's films, people? I think we should, right? Let's go. Okay, people, so let's start off with a new Netflix documentary, The Volcano, Rescue from Wahari. Okay, so something that's pretty friggin' fascinating is this new documentary on Netflix. It's called The Volcano Rescue from Wakari. Okay, so I mean, I remember this when it happened. And at the like, I kind of have a similar feeling about what happened from then that I do now, right? It's it's kind of crazy. This is kind of crazy. And this documentary, I don't know, man. It's like seeing some of the footage from the time, you know? It, you, just, you just scratch your head. You scratch your frigging head. It is bizarre to see, 
right now let's get to it okay so the documentary is directed by rory kennedy it is written by mark bailey and dallas brennan uh it is produced by bailey um also kennedy um justin wilkes uh who else have we got here uh brennan uh sarah Brenst bernstein um it is executive produced by jennifer davison leonardo dicaprio uh, Brian Grazer, Ron Howard, and Philip Watson, co-produced by Sally Williams. Um, it's line produced by Rebecca Barry, uh, Jessica Goldstein, Madeline. Heverton Mile, uh, Kate Lewin Hinberg, Catherine Madigan, and Maxine Rosenstraten. It is associate produced by Darcy Reister. Uh, Vienna Magillo, Kerry Jensen. Yeah, I mean, there's a few other people involved, but boy, there's a lot of cooks up in this. You know what I mean? Uh, music is handled by Steve Mazzaro. Uh, several cinematographers, Dominic Fryer, Mike Jonathan. Justin Kerrigan, Mark Lapwood, Murray Milline, Greg Talusa, and William Willoughby. Choward Mettini edits the piece. Um, Yvonne Burns handles makeup. Um, production management, Rachel Black, Kelsey Field, and Moran Lang. And involved, we've got Mark Inaman. So these are people that we hear from. He's the brother of one of the tour guides. We have got, um, actually one of the tour guides Kelsey Waghorn, um, Brian DePaul, he was a helicopter tour guide. Um, one of the other tour guides, grandmother, um, she's Tipeen's grandmother. Um, she speaks. We've got. Um, Mark Law, Tim Barrow, who are commercial helicopter pilots who come and help. 
Uh, John Funnel is an airplane pilot who is helping with comms, trying to relay messages and everything like that. There's also um, some of the tourists that, boy, yeah, we're on the island. So there's the Uri's, Lauren and Matt, Jess Langford, who was there with his family, and Jeff Hopkins, who I think was there with his with his daughter. I think it was, uh, but we only speak to him. Uh, it was the, a policeman from the local police force, Jason Herring, who was um, talking about, you know, things from, from his side. Um, yeah, that's about it. There was, oh my gosh, there was a Maori leader who who talks and oh that was just it was weird and it was pointless there's with the maori leader it was just like i was actually at a funeral at the time and i just got this sense come over me and i knew something had happened you're just like oh. like what are we doing what are we doing now listen People dying on this island is not a good thing. It's definitely a tragedy, right? Definitely a tragedy. And Jess Langford lost his parents and his, and his little sister, right? I think she was 15. And that's just... That's fucking rough, right? And especially the fact is, like he finds out after waking up from a coma. You know? It's just... It's not good. It's not good. But... What the fuck are these people doing? Going to a live volcano. I just... It's like when people go to war zones, right? And it's just like, oh, yes, um, we went to help. And it's just like, you're not in an army. You're not a diplomat. Why the fuck are you there? And then a lot of times these numbnuts get captured. And it's just like, why were they there? Why were they there? It's like that dum-dum who went to Sentinel Island to preach the Bible and got shot, right? Don't really have any sympathy for that dude. You know what I mean? It's like, why are you going to a place where you're not meant to go? And, the like, everyone's talking. And I think a problem with something like this is you're not really going to get honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? honest breakdowns or anything from anyone and so everyone's talking going I mean we didn't know it would be dangerous you know and <laughs> I think it's the Uri's were talking about 
how it was described and it's just like oh so you know we we looked at the description it's like visit a live active volcano right and there was some other words used and they're like at no point did we think that was dangerous and it's just like yeah live active live active well, you, what part of that do you not think could be dangerous, right? Now, what you want to see is a dormant volcano, right? If these, if all of these people had gone to a dormant volcano and then things had got dicey, then you could be like, I mean, that's just crazy, Right, that hasn't erupted in you know two hundred years, and, and and all of a sudden this happened. But everyone going knew it was live, right? And they said um, it had gone off in twenty thirteen and twenty sixteen. Right, this was twenty nineteen. <laughs> so just from that, it's like every three years it had gone off. Right, so you're just like, what, what, what are you doing? You know what I mean, like, it's it gone off in 2016. That's you know, the, these people are, are crazy, and they're, they're talking about like the, the, these tour guides, and these tour guides were there, and you know, the friendly bunch, and they knew everything about the island. They did not know everything about the island. They clearly did not know everything about the island. And the other big thing, how the fuck do they get to be tour guides of something like this? I think this is the big thing, right? I think it's all well and good showing what happened, have people talk about what happened and all of that kind of thing. But I think the big question has to be asked, what kind of documentation, what kind of, like, licenses, experience do you need to do this shit, right, to claim to be a tour guide of something like this? Because at no point throughout did anyone say that any of these people were geologists, were volcanologists? I feel that's what you call Vulcan, volcano experts. I might be wrong, but volcanologist sounds correct, right? But none of them were that. And that's what I would be wanting if I was going to check something like that out, right? I'm not going with a fucking lay person, right, with someone that knows as much as they just scanned through a document, right, I want to go with someone that understands rocks, understands volcano life cycles, and, you know, the gases, and everything that kind of go off, that's what I want to know, because, they they get to a they mention that they get to a point, and there's um the this the, the top of the volcano, which is I mean they said it's usually blue, it's usually clear, but this time it was white, right? 
And you'd think an expert would go, okay, it's not meant to look like that. This indicates some activity. So we need to load. We need to leave right away. But no one, no one <laughs> was saying shit, right? Now, as I said, right, this is the problem. Because you have people talking about all of this after the fact. And so you have the person saying this and going, okay, so obviously what had happened was there'd been some activity and the ash had settled overnight or in the last few hours or something, something. Now, they didn't know that at the time, right? So it is people, you know what I mean, talking about this. But no, they're not. No one had a clue, right? They give people gas masks to go up to this volcano going, yeah, you can only spend a few minutes because the gases and everything are real corrosive and you don't want to breathe them in. They're dangerous, right? Why are you going there? <laughs> right? It's just the most insane thing that you, you, you have these people, you know, going. But then uh, that's the thing, right? So because you have all of these people talking about like these incidents that had, happen that had happened a few years ago, and it's just like, as soon as I heard a noise, I knew something bad was happening. And I'm just like, did you know? Right? Because if you were so nervous, so fearful, why did you go? Right? Why did you go? You could have stayed on the boat. Right? There, there was no reason for these people. And you had, um, yeah, people go, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm pretty um, a daredevil. Right? And some of the things that they were like, oh, yeah, I do this and I've done this. And it's just like, mm, I, I don't know if I'm calling any of that really that crazy. Right? None of it's that crazy. And I think the big thing, again, with this, it's an active volcano, right? It, it's hubris. People just were like, oh, yeah, well, so nothing's going to happen. Right? One of the tour guides, she's like, oh, yeah, I knew the risks of going. And be like, okay, if you knew the risks, why was there no contingency? Right, because there was no, no one knew what to do. There's no contingency. If there's a, you know, what I mean, like a, a, a kind of a fear, like okay, if this ever happens, this is what we would do. But there's nothing. There's nothing, which tells me no one, no one re looked and was like, I understand the risks. No, no one did. It, it's, it's just insane. Right. And they they were talking to this pilot, right? Who John Fennell, who was there. Um, he was in the air, heard what had gone down, and so he went to go and see what he could do to help. And so because there's no real cell signal or anything like that, he was relaying information to the Coast Guards and stuff. And there's a bit where he's he's talking, he's like, um, 
I think when I saw the island, it was a side of what nightmares are made of. And then he winks at the camera and you're just like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is happening here? <laughs> you know, it was just insane. It's just insane. Like, there's a load of people talking about, yeah, you know, I, I fearlessly went and did this thing because what else are you going to do, right? And it was just talking, you know, all they're crazy. It, it's, it's horrendous. As I said, look, it's a horrendous thing that went down. But all of these people knew what they were doing, right? That's where it gets super just insane to me. They all knew what they were doing and they went and did it, which does... As again, here's the thing, right? People dying is sad for sure. I can't feel bad for anyone because they all went and did it by choice. By choice, right? Who knows what choice that little 15-year-old? Because if her, if her mum and dad wanted to go, her older brother wanted to go, even if she didn't, I mean... She's kind of screwed, right? Like, I, I, because I highly doubt if three want to go and one doesn't, they're gonna, right? We're not gonna go, you know what I mean? And I don't think they're probably letting us stay in a hotel on a Jays. So, that that's the one person who you think, did she have a choice? Everyone else, though, they had a choice, they had a choice, and they went and they did stupid shit. Now, what? hopefully this kind of thing does is show people stop with your stupidity right stop with your oh let's take a polo for the gram don't do it it's really not worth it really not worth it the documentary itself like it's oh it's fine it feels a bit too long you know what i mean Definitely feels a bit too long. Um, yeah, I feel it's about an hour and a half, right? About just over an hour and a half. Um, oh, yes. Here's the... This is what it says about it, right? A close examination of the Wakari White Island volcanic eruption of 2019 in which 22 lives were lost. The film visibly recounts a day when ordinary people were called upon to do extraordinary things, placing this tragic event within the larger context of nature, resilience, and the power of our shared humanity. I mean, urgh. right, in the context of nature, don't go to a live fucking volcano. Right? That's it. You know, the, like this shared humanity, it's, it's not. It's people scrambling to escape because they fucked up. They did some stupid shit. That's it. Right? The, you've got white lettering on light backgrounds, which is just... The, the, uh, 
most irritating, stupidest thing, right? Put people's names in a different color or have a, 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 a you know, block color behind the white. Black box. Boom. Now it's visible. It's a simple fucking thing. Right? The fact that these dum-dums have watched this and gone, yeah, no, that works. When it's just like, it clearly does not. Right? At the beginning, there's a lot of, you know, tension music behind people describing stuff. And you're just like, we, we don't need that. Right? These people were there as a volcano erupted. Right, if that's not going to have people be like, yo, what are they saying? Then your stupid music is not gonna help, right? It's it's not gonna make it more interesting than a live account of someone being engulfed by a frigging ridiculously hot gas cloud from a volcano. So just ugh. Yeah, fucking mood music, irritating. Documentary, a bit too long. Just it felt a bit too long. It probably would have been a solid hour. Because a lot of it just becomes repetitive. You know, people are going, oh, if, if I had if I'd known what I know today, I wouldn't have gone. And be like, it said live volcano. <laughs> like, what else did you need to know? Right? It, it, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to an extent. It's definitely interesting to an extent. But there's a a lot left on the table with this one. Okay, but the volcano um, rescue from Watari is on Netflix, people. So, yeah, if this kind of thing is uh, of interest to you, can go check it out now. Okay, people, next up, we've got the first of our Disney Plus joints, right? It's their new animation feature. It is Strange World. Okay, people, it was probably about this time last year, you know what I mean, that we got hit with Encanto, and that was so good. So I figured I would check out the 61st production from Disney Animation Studios, which is Strange World. So this is directed by Don Hall. And Queen Nugent. Nugent also writes the screenplay. The film is produced by Roy Conley. uh, Executive produced by Jennifer Lee. And associate produced by Laurie Wu. Henry Jackman handles the music. Sarah Cray. Sarah Cray? Sarah K. Remus edits the piece. Jamie Spara Roberts handles casting. Justin Cram and Mefradad Isvadi um, 
do production design. Art direction is Larry Wu. And our voice cast, well, we have got Jager Clade, voiced by Dennis Quaid. We've got his son, Searcher, voiced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal's son is Ethan, and he is voiced by Jacoby Young-White. Um, Searcher's wife, Meridian, is voiced by Gabriel Union. We then have Callisto Mao, right, who was a companion of Jager and then becomes the mayor, right? She is voiced by Lucy Liu. Um, I think the people on her ship are her kids, right? So there's Caspian, voiced by Karan Suni. Um, Polk, voiced by Adelina Anthony. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure who else there is, to be honest. Um, other characters, though, we've got Dazio, voiced by Jonathan Mello. Cardiz, voiced by Nick Dan Don Doa, Nick Dodani. Lonnie Redshirt, voiced by Abraham Burn Ruby. Azimuth, voiced by Francesca Roll. Roe, voiced by Emily Kunda. Rory Reed Buck. That's probably the main people that you need to know about. And the gist of the film is this, right? It's set in the world of Avalonia and follows the Clades. Uh, a legendary family of explorers and Callisto Mao, the leader of the exploration and president of Avalonia who must set aside their differences as they embark on a journey to a mysterious land below their world, inhabited by surreal life forms to save a resource called Pando from losing its energy power source. So, um, yes, there we go. It's, right, they say it's, Inspired by Pulp Magazine's Journey to the Center of the Earth, King Kong, probably Discworld, right? Stuff like that, which I think you can probably see in it. But I, for me, right, I think one of the things about Encanto, which was so great, was it was just this kind of fun new kind of story, right? This Strange Worlds feels very staid, right? It, because we start off seeing Jagger and Searcher on loads of different adventures, right? And you can see that 
Searcher doesn't really want to be a part of it all, but he's dragged along by his legendary father, right? But they do that thing where the kid is just terrible, right? It keeps them doing stupid things, getting into trouble, just all of that. And it's just like, look, okay, you want to create a scenario where the dad and the son are at odds, you know? And fine, it doesn't have to be one is a complete loser at this adventure lark, right? They could be both good at it, but just, yeah, he doesn't want to do it. It's simple, right? Or there's just other things, right? You'd just be like, because look, how many times you hear about people... Um, whose parents are, like, doing some crazy stuff, right? And the kids sometimes is like, I don't see him enough, right? So it could be that. But it's always like, oh, you were a bad dad. And it's just like, okay, but why? Because you got dragged on these adventures. You got to see the world, you know? Well, their world. But it's just like, what other things? Right? There's other things. It's not just this base level, just, oh, I didn't want to do that, and you made me do that thing. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? It's like, give us something a little bit more. Pretend your audience is intelligent. Right? So, you know, stuff happens. We then jump forward. I think it was 10 years. Right? Maybe it's 20 years. I think it was probably 20 years, actually to be honest with you, something like that, right? And so you now got a scenario where um, the kid, Searcher, he's like, I'm completely against, right, doing this stuff. No, I'm, I'm about doing this instead. And you're just like, ah. Oh, it was 25 years. Yeah, they jumped for 25 years after the, the beginning. All right. And you're just like, all right, that's all well and good. But, like, we've seen it. You know, we've just seen it so many times. And, you know, Ethan's gay, which is just like, who gives a fuck? But they make it this big part of the film, kind of. But it doesn't play any role in the film whatsoever. Right? And it's not like we're really exploring relationships or anything like that. So it just seems like a pointless thing to kind of try and shoehorn in. Right? Give me organic stories. You know? If we're like ex properly exploring relationships and how these bonds are made and what constitutes what a family is, fine. But we do not do that. We just don't. You know, it's like everyone's having these arguments, right? You made me want to have to go on adventures all the time. And then it just gets resolved like that, right? Nothing really happens. You know, there's a thing with the ship, and then suddenly, then everyone's cool again, and you're just like, wait, what? 
like I thought this was a big issue, and you're saying it got resolved without any sort of conversation. Hmm. Right, we've got this energy source, Pando, which I where the fuck did they get the name from? But you're going on a mission because this source is gone weird. It's obvious Searcher didn't invent any of the um, things that use Pando. So if you're going on this big mission to try and work out what's going on, wouldn't you bring some of the engineers and scientists that worked on it, that found out that it could be utilized in all these different ways, right? It's just like, that makes pure sense. You know what I mean? There's a load of things in this new world that they discover that is just pure assumptions, right? It's just like, oh, yeah, no, we're doing this and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, wait, how do you know that, right? It is the big conclusion at the end. It was just like, how do you come to that conclusion, right? You see one thing and straight away you're like, oh, we have to do this. And it's just like, hmm. <laughs> like, there's so many things that could have caused that thing, right? Obviously, it is the thing that saves the day, but it, it's just these weird, just jumps of logic that just really make the film kind of jerky in its flow, you know? It, it, yeah, for me, it didn't really make any sense. Like, animation-wise, it looks really good. You know, but that's what you come to expect. The animation is going to be great, right? It, it's just a story where everything kind of falls apart slightly. And one of the other things is, so you've got Jake Gyllenhaal voicing um, Searcher. But it's like, we see Searcher as a little kid. And then, as I said, we jump forward 25 years. So I think when we see him, he's 15, because there's another later in the film, he says he's 40, right? So if we're jumping forward 25 years, that means, yeah, 15, now 40. Your voice can change, right? But it's Jake Gyllenhaal voicing the 15-year-old and then the 40-year-old, where you're just like, okay. I mean, you could get some, like, two different people doing that, right? It's just sometimes it's the little things that throw you from these stories, right? We got Ethan doing this ridiculous shit, stows away, that runs away, but there's never any repercussions for the actions, you know what I mean? Like, like there's never any, like, listen, you don't do that. Oh, you have an argument and then you run away? Do you understand how dangerous and foolish that is? Right? It, it, if, because it's clear that there's certain lessons that they, they want to install in people. Right? But it's just like, how about consequences for your actions? Because it's just people do stupidness and then it's just like, oh, well, you know, there you go. You know, we're just like, what? 
what is what's happening here? Like the pilot of the ship announces, oh, I can't pilot this ship. And it's just like, well, you were up until a certain point. So what blow? You know what I mean? Is I found it a very weird story. Found it a weird story. I think if you don't look at it too hard, it's probably fine. Right? You you can probably be like, ah, right, it's cool. You know, and I think if you're a fan of hmm, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of the Disney cartoons as a kid. You know what I mean? You watch them all. But then there's a point where it's just, yeah, I just have missed out on so many. But when you consider stuff like Encanto, because that's a you know most recent one. Um is it Red Panda? Red Panda was decent, right? That was a decent one. Up, loved up, right? It, it just doesn't have the same charm of those films, which is a shame. It's a big shame. Um, you know, because I think there's a lot that you could do with this story. And if you've got this family of adventurers, there's short films, other things that you could do, you know? But it's just... I don't care about any of these characters, just do not care, right, um, at the end, end didn't make any sense, and when I say it didn't make any sense, look, I, I don't need to watch one of those stupid fucking videos, you know, what I mean? every time something is completed, a film comes out, a TV series ends, it's always, the ending explained, watch this YouTube video, and it's just like, no, no, no. It was very clear. I, I think a dum-dum is the only person that isn't going to get how what this means. We don't need a fucking YouTube video to be like, well, as you can see, they did this and that means this. Oh. Plus, it's your dumb interpretation. You know, unless the director and the writer are going, yeah, no, this is what that meant. I don't give a fuck what your weird interpretation is. Here's the thing, right? The end didn't make any sense just because it's like, oh, we've got this new power source now. It'd be like, how? What, where did that one come from? Right? And how did you not know about that one until, you know what I mean? There's just it's, it's just these weird things that they decided to do. You know, the, what Ethan is doing. And it's just like, oh, yeah, and the work I'm doing is going to be better for the world. And it's just like, what are you doing, though? Right? Like, this is all these, oh, yeah, but, but I mean, we jump a year, right? But it's just, yeah, there's the, the, we're meant to believe that, oh, this is happening and this is happening. But it's just like, but what the fuck is it? Right? What are you doing? It makes no sense. None of this does. But... Yeah, there you go. I guarantee like, this is going to work for a load of people. Just for me, I think, I mean, I clearly think too much, right? But yeah, it, it just didn't have the same charm, flow, just story that you could lose yourself in. Yeah, it's a shame. It's on Disney Plus, though. Right, so uh, Strange World, it's there if you want to explore.
Okay, so now we've got our next Disney Plus joint, right? I believe it's up for a lot of Oscars and it's one other a load of rewards. It's the Banshees of Ish. Okay, people, so I'm going to tell you the truth. I was a little cynical. I was a little bit cynical about it, but God damn it, right? All my Irish friends that kept telling me, go, oh, you really need to see the Banshee of Insurance. I would be like, oh, God damn it. Look, I know you're Irish, but not everything Irish is great. They were right. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, I wasn't a fan of In Bruges, but I really enjoyed Seven Psychopaths and Free Billboards, billboards, right? Really good films. So I probably should have just looked at that more than everything else. But yeah, boy, The Banshee of Insurance is written and directed by Martin McDonnell. The film is produced by McDonnell along with Peter Serzan and Graham Broadbent. It is executive produced by Daniel Batazic, uh, Ben Knight, Ollie Madden, and Demude McEwen. It is associate produced by Peter Cohen, and co-produced by James Flynn and Joe Homewood. Music is Carter Burwell. Ben Davis handles the cinematography. Uh, It's edited by Mikkel E.G. Nielsen. Louise Kelly. Cool. No, it's probably not Kelly. Louise Kiley, maybe. Uh, Handled the casting. Mark Tiddlesley, production design, art direction is Tim Devine, Christine Fitzgerald, Paul Garadini, and Virginia Renner. Set decoration, Michael Standish, costume design, Emir Ni Model maybe. And our cast. Well, we have got Colin Farrell as Padrick Sula Heron, um, Kerry Condon is his sister, Siobhan. Uh, we've got Brendan Gleason as his best friend, Colin Dotterty. Uh, we have got um, Barry Keown as Dominic Kearney, who is his other friend, probably. Uh, there's Jerry, played by John Kenny. Uh, Peter Kearney, played by Gary Lydon. Um, Georgie Divine, played by Pat Short. 
Mrs. McCormick, played by Sheila Fitton. Uh, the priest, played by David Pierce. Not the best priest in the world, maybe. Declan is Aaron Monaghan. Um, Bridney Nietzschean is played by Mrs. No, it plays Mrs. O'Royden. Um, we've got Jenny, the horse. Um, Sammy, played by Morse, Sammy the dog. And Minnie the pony, played by Minnie. So, yeah, that's that. Now, the gist is this. It's set on a remote island off the west coast of Ireland and follows lifelong friends, Paderick and Colm who find themselves at an impasse when Colm unexpectedly puts an end to their friendship. A stunned Patrick, aided by his sister Siobhan, and troubled young islander Dominic, endeavours to repair the relationship, refusing to take no for an answer. But Patrick's repeated efforts only strengthen his former friend's resolve, and when Colin delivers a desperate ultimatum, Events swiftly escalate with shocking consequences, and um, yeah, the 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 this film it goes it goes places that you did not think it would go. Right, I had no clue what this was going to be. To be honest with you, going in, I had no clue. Just knew it was an Irish film set in nineteen twenty three. Right, which is something else I did not know. I thought it was a present day thing. Nope, no, it's not. Um, but all of that, the year, like it doesn't really um, impact the story. And when I say it doesn't really impact the story, what I mean is, right, there, there's references to the Civil War and the fighting, but. The real thing here, the real thrust of everything is this friendship, is this island life, this community, right? And it's one of those things where you kind of figure, are these people friends or is it this kind of forced commodity, right? When you're on a tiny island and there's literally no one else there. I mean, there are other, I mean, there are other people, but there's not many people, right? It's not London, it's not New York, right? It's not something like that. Then you, you feel that, that you might be forced to share company with people that you might not normally wish to do. So then what happens when you're just like, you know what? No, I'm done. Right, which isn't a crazy concept. Like when you're watching, you're like, wait, how is someone gonna be like all of a sudden friendship's done? No, nope, don't like you anymore. Right? You feel, oh man, that's kind of harsh. But right, I think you can definitely grow apart from people. You know, there's people I I grew up with, and you just think, boy, they ain't really changed. I ain't that person anymore, you know, right? I, I think you can definitely think that, you know, but I don't know if it's as drastic maybe as Colin puts it, but it, it does make this very intriguing because you're kind of wondering, okay, 
So what led to this? Like, can this be fixed? Like, what, where's this going to go? You know? Like, the film is it's extremely endearing, but, it, it, you know, technically not a whole heap is going on. It is just these people's, you know, daily lives, essentially, you know, and the ramifications of certain actions. That's what this is. But it is, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of transfixed by everything. The cinematography is incredible, right? Lovely shots of these landscapes and just, you know, these remote, you know, cottages and things in shops and like boats on the river and, well, I say the sea, right? And just things like that, people standing on cliffs. Yo, know, it looks incredible. It really does. So you have that, and then this haunting kind of soundtrack that accompanies it all. But it stands on these incredible performances. Incredible performances. And, you know, I will say, Colin for. I, you know, I don't know. There's been some things I thought, yeah, he's okay. Some things, total recall. I mean, where I was just like, no, no, this is just terrible, right? But, boy, the performances that everyone puts on in this, phenomenal, really, really just make these characters come to life. You believe all of them, even when there is some nonsense that gets spoken, right? You just, you're just like, wait, what did they just say? What did they, that's just ludicrous. But you're believing it from these people, right? Not the brightest in the world, but there is a, a sweetness like when Podrick is talking about how he's a nice person and what's wrong with being a nice person. And he really, his sister's a really nice person and he'll always remember her because she's so nice. And you just watch it and think, I mean, such a nice thing to say, right? But then the, he does some just odd, mean things, you know? And you kind of question, right? Because when someone's just like, oh, I don't like you, you're boring. But they would rather spend time with someone that beats up their child. You'd be like, hmm. I mean, that's better? Like, what? That's, how is that better? You know? So there's so much going on and the poor sister. She won, right? Everything that's happening with her. Ah, uh, there's a sweet, there's a very sweet moment between her and Dominic that you're just like, oh, God damn it. God damn it, right? It's just such a nice little moment. And you know, there's nothing coming from this. But it, it, it kind of speaks to the... Hmm. I mean, simpleness of Dominic, maybe you might want to say, 
but it's it's just oh, man, yeah, it, it, it's you know, and and then I think all the bluster you get from certain characters, you know, there's times and they say things or do things, and you think, oh, but then there's these moments that you go, I mean, come on, that's a nice thing to do, right? That's that's a nice thing to do. And then we have the shears. Boy, I mean, the, 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 the fault of that is just very unpleasant. And then seeing it, oh, God damn. There's some, yeah, drastic things definitely got done. Drastic things definitely got done, but yeah, the story, it's just got this really nice flow to it. Really nice flow to it, which I mean, in between all of this, you have, as I said, look, you have these really nice moments, and then you have this bleakness, right? This bleakness that really cuts through everything. And there's a few incidents that just, oh, it's, it's not good, right? It's not good. But there is this dark humor about Bandabanchi of Inshiran, right? It, there, there's this maudlin dark humor that, you know, you, you're kind of baffled, right? You're kind of baffled, like, what, what is wrong with these people? Right, what's wrong with the like? Why would they, you know, why don't take this offer, do this thing, like get out of this rut, you know? But it, it just feels like this road to devastation, but told in, in this kind of charming, lovely way, right? It's you know. When you look at the things that um, McDowell has done, right? Seven Psychopaths, complete different film. Three Billboards, again, another different film. But there's this sensibility about everything. You know, the way he can craft a character, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal, people. It is available now on Disney Plus, which is great. I mean, that's how I saw it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably, you know, probably should have seen it sooner. I don't think necessarily that you're going to lose out watching it on the small screen compared to the big. I mean, some of these Vista shots and pan shots and stuff. Yes, that, that would work you know, really well in the cinema. Great sound system and all of that. But I think because this is very, you know, people-based, right? It, it, it's just on this story, the, these interconnecting lives of these people. It, it works regardless of the size of the screen. So, people, if you were a bit like me, hesitant about watching this, 
brush that aside because, boy, it is definitely worthwhile. Definitely worthwhile. And if you've liked um, McDowell's other films, yeah, definitely check it out. The Banshee of Ishirin is on Disney Plus. I think in the States it's on HBO Max. You know what I mean? So, yeah, check it out. It is phenomenal. Okay, people, so let's uh, bring this Christmas episode to a close with another Netflix original. It is Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Okay, people, so, boy, was really happy that, you know, Glass Onion hit Netflix, um, and it was like, I was meant to watch this film at this year's London Film Festival. But because I was ill, couldn't go. Couldn't go. So I was like, the anticipation of seeing, does this live up to the first? Because I thoroughly enjoyed the first film. You know what I mean? I, and I remember, because remember, Johnson was coming off of The Last Jedi, which stunk. Oh, my God, it stunk. Now, I enjoyed the fact that he tried to tell a different story, right? He he took it out of the comfort zone of Star Wars. But there was just a lot of stuff in it that I just... It was bad. It was bad. You know what I mean? Fucking layer in space, just ah, oh, too many hokey shit. But knives out when that came out, you're like, yo, this is the shit, right? It, it was kind of like it. It really shows his craft and his skill in storytelling, you know, which you. Wasn't necessarily all there with Star Wars So you thought, hey, that's his ticket back, right? Anyone, yeah, people hated Star Wars But this one, boy, gold So the big thing was What will a sequel be like, right? What was a sequel be like? Now, I think, I remember at the time Hearing that you know, Agatha Christie was a big inspiration for Knives Out, right? And when you, you know, check out Miss Marple or Okipo any of them stories, none's like a straight sequel from the previous. They were all just different adventures, right? Now, there might be the odd thing that could carry across, but essentially, they're all standalone films, Books, should we say? Uh, so, as you know, Agatha Christie's an inspiration. You kind of felt okay. So, Knives Out, this sequel, it, it should, it, it shouldn't have any hindrance from the previous film. It, it, it can be something completely fresh. But how is he going to do it? You know, so like with the original, he wrote and directed this one. Um, 
The film is produced by Johnson along with Ram Bergman. Um, it is executive produced by Tom Kowalski. And it is co-produced by Leopold Hughes and Nikos Karamigos. Nathan Johnson handles the music. Steve Yedlin, cinematography. Bob Dukas edits the film. Brett Howe and Mary Venue handle the casting. Rick Henrik's production design, art direction. We've got Andrew Bennett, Sanjita Balat, Anna Giadu, Mark Harris, Dragon Kaporemvik, and John McHugh. Ellie Giff handles set decoration. Costume design was Jenny Egan. And our cast. Well, obviously, Daniel Craig is back as Benoit Blanc. We've got Edward Norton as Miles Bronn. Catherine Hahn as Claire DeBella. Leslie Odom Jr. as Lionel Trousson. Kate Hudson as Birdie J. Dave Batista as Duke Cody. Jessica Henwick as Peg, Birdie's assistant. Um, Madeline Klein is Whiskey, Duke's girlfriend. We've got um, Noah Segan as Daryl, who's it's a random character. He's just a, a guest. Of the, of the house. Jackie Hoffman is Ma. Not in it long. Very memorable. Very memorable scene. It was great. Uh, we got Dallas Roberts as Devon DeBella. That's um, obviously Claire's husband. Right. We've got uh, Ethan Hawke is in it. Uh, Hugh Grant. Stephen Soddenheim, Natasha Leon, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Serena Williams, Yo-Yo Ma, um, ha, right, now, the funny thing with Johnson, right, Gordon, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in a lot of his films, uh, well, he, two of his biggest, right? Looper and Brick. Wasn't in Last Jedi. I don't think he was. As far as I'm aware, I don't think he was. I can't remember if he was in Brothers Bloom. I hated that film. So I don't, I'm not sure. He is in this one, but I won't tell you how. Adele Frarauk is Claire's assistant. Um... Yeah, I, I would say that's, you know, probably our main cast, right? All the big, big players up in this. Um, but yeah, great. It was great. And listen, 
it is a new mystery for Benoit Blanc to um, solve. That is Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Now, the crazy thing about this, right, it, it, there's people in it like um, Kate Hudson haven't really enjoyed a lot of Kate Hudson's films. She's really good in this. Everyone is really good in this film, right? I think you think things are going a certain way, but there's so many really interesting swerves that, oh, man, you just thoroughly enjoy it. And I will say, when this film started, I... I was a little dubious, right? Not because I'd heard anything bad or anything like that, but we start off with everyone in masks and talking pandemic. And I was like, oh no. Oh, for fuck's sake, a fucking film. And it's masks and pandemic talk and just all of that shit. And I think one of the big things is because... Right in a lot of these fucking pandemic films and TV shows, we have scenes with everyone outside, and people are still wearing masks. And you're like, "What? What the fuck is going on?" Right? We know wearing a mask outside, there was no fucking need. What? What? what what's happening here? Right? And and so it's just like sometimes you feel it's Hollywood overcorrecting, being like, "Look at us, we're being really good." Oh, and then you're just like, "Ugh." But they did solve all of that shit early on. Early on, so we didn't have to focus on that, which was very good. And then from there, we just got to witness this film. And I think one big thing, right? It's it's a situation where people are friends with someone, but are they really friends with someone? So you need these characters to really kind of show this two-sidedness, right? And they do. Oh, my gosh. It, it, they, they, oh, man. Everyone does a fantastic job of displaying the lack of backbone. Right, the lack of backbone, and there's just these little, there's a, these little killer lines up in the place. Right, there's a point in the film where um, Benoit is talking to Birdie, and Miles has said, "Oh, Birdie, Birdie is like, she's a truth sayer." Right, and um, she Benoit sits down next to her, and she's like. Like Miles said, I'm a truth teller. Some people can't handle it. And Blunk's like, it's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without fault for speaking the truth. Don't you think? And then she's like, are you calling me dangerous? Thinking, oh, that's a compliment. And it's just these little interactions that you think, nice. Oh, well played, Johnson. Well played, as we get to see these vacuous people clinging on to this thing, right, clinging on 
but at the expense of what, right? So we get to see all of that. Then this just opulent millionaire just throwing around these money and just some of the ludicrous shit that Miles has got in his pad. Like the whole glass onion thing is explained because it is like, hmm, what does that mean? Right? Is, is there, you know, many layers like an onion? And there are some layers, right? But yeah, just all of these things, fun as hell, is a really fun whodunit, right? Which, as I said, like, there's, there's so many swerves in this. Just the beginning, right? And, and then we get several more. Several more with a, a real nice use of flashbacks and, you know, multiple angle kind of storytelling. It, it just makes this film, which you are enjoying, right? I was definitely enjoying the film. But you're thinking it's one thing. And then suddenly it's like, boom, boom, boom. And you're like, oh shit okay i'm down for this this explains everything right because i was wondering how does that happen and how would that be right are they really doing that thing oh yeah so it opens it up real well um the end is interesting i mean the end isn't bad I wouldn't say the end is bad. It, it was like, but you are kind of wondering, how are they going to end this, right? How's this going to get brought home? And actually, when you think about, like, Agatha Christie, a lot, the way a lot of her stories end, they don't necessarily end in the way where you're like, oh, okay. It's, oh, and that happened. And you're like, wait, what? You know what I mean? So, yeah, Johnson does follow in that kind of vein, right? So it's a little peculiar, but does make sense. It does make sense. But everyone's still a shithead, right? Everyone's still a shithead. There aren't a lot of characters here that are, like, crazy likable, even though at the beginning you might think, ah, oh, they're great, but whew, it's hard to tell with some of them. Are they, are they straight dumb? You know what I mean? Or um, just real nasty. But, you know, that unfolds throughout. So, um, yeah, and you get some answers. But it's, a, it's a definitely a very thoroughly enjoyable Benoit Blanc adventure. So I would say if you enjoyed the first film, right, you will definitely, definitely enjoy this one. Some, you know, real fun use of the camera, right, which it is not necessarily one of those ones where um, they are avoiding showing you stuff. But it's certain angles which then make you go, hmm, 
You know what I mean? It's a nice play on things. So we get that. It's very vibrant in places. You know, the, the, the story really works. And everyone, as I said before, puts on great performances. Like, you're not watching this film thinking, ah, it's just Dave Batista. Oh, it's just Ed Norton. You know, everyone really throws themselves into these characters. And it, it's a testament to what Johnson's able to bring out of people and, you know, just these great performances, people. Glass Onion, A Knives Out, Murder Mystery, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. There's no mystery about it. It's a great film. Check it out. Okay, people. So before we end this Christmas edition of the podcast, let's take a look and see what might be happening in the world of film. So we know we're getting a Sith Purge film, right? And it sounds, um, yeah, sounds like the original director should be back behind um, the wheels. That's James DeMonaco. And um, Frank Grillo has stated that this last... End, well, the way he's talking about it, it sounds like this will be it for the films, right? And also it for his character of Leo Barnes, who should be the focus of it. So, yeah, I've only seen the first one. You know, I think I tried to watch the second one. I just never got around to finishing it. I did enjoy the first one, though, for real. But, um, yeah, if you're a fan of the franchise, might be interested in that, right? So, um, you know, the year is nearly up. And a couple of films you might be looking forward to have changed their release dates. Right, so we got 65, which is a new sci-fi flick starring Adam Driver. Now, that um, has been pushed back a week. So it will now, instead of be dropping on the 10th of March, it will be released on the 17th of March. All right, so uh, there you go. Now... There is talk that, oh, it's going up against Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I don't really feel that's an issue, right? I mean, Shazam is a comic book movie, but here's the thing. Just because something is a comic book movie doesn't mean it's going to be a hit, right? And I feel that, I think Shazam had an audience, but it wasn't huge, you know, so if you've got this other sci-fi film that is really well told, it can definitely hold its own, you know? Another film that's being moved, and this makes sense, right, is Next Goal Wings, the new Takiti Watiti film, right, about football. So this is about the, um, um, oh, God, what's it called? What are they called? Samoa, right? Samoa. Yes, American Samoan team, right, who were trying to qualify for 
the uh, the World Cup, right? The 2014 World Cup. Um, and so it was meant to originally drop in April, but it will now be dropping on the 22nd of September. And I will say that makes sense because the football season will have started, right? It's a film about football. So it's just like, yeah, you kind of expect a film about football to be on while football is fucking happening. You know what I mean? So yeah, that makes sense, right? I would say. Now, a few weeks back, right? Um, What's her name? The, um, God, Birds of Prey chick. She was in About Time. Margaret Robbie. Margaret Robbie, that's the one. Yes, because she was talking about, you know, the potential Pirates of the Caribbean spin-off. It's meant to be an all-girls spin-off kind of thing, saying that it's not happening. Now, Jerry Brockheimer, producer of the films, has come out and said it's still on the table, right? So... It sounds like there are several films around. Like, there's a Johnny Depp one, which is getting held up a little bit because of, you know, still stuff from the court cases. But that's not dead. Right? Then there is another spin-off with um, younger characters. And then the Margaret Robbie version. So it sounds like the younger spin-off one that's probably going to hit first, but the Robbie one is still there. So if you wanted that film, it's not dead, people. It's not dead. Um, we're talking about death. Ballerina, right? That is something I am very much looking forward to. You're in a, a John Wick spin-off film starring Ana de Armas, Right? And when you look at the cast, whew, it's looking pretty tremendous, right? Len Wiseman is directing. Um, and now added, I think he's playing a hitman, it's Gabriel Byrne, right? Gabriel Byrne is the next um, person to join. We've already got Ian McShane, Lance Redrick, Angelica Houston, Norman Rebus, Catalina Sandino Marino, Keanu Reeves. It is just, oof. man, I am so looking forward to this one, right? So, uh, yeah, Gabriel Byrne, what's he going to do? And let's end with this, right? So we know Fede Alvarez will be helming the next iteration of Alien films, right? And it sounds like things will be moving real soon because um, it said the 6th of February 2023 will be the date that production starts. And we don't even know any of the... Well, we know Callie Spanny is going to be the female lead. But other than that, 
I don't think we know anyone who's up in this. So I think we're gonna get a glut of alien news. Now, I I am sure they probably locked all these people down. Just a load of um non-disclosures and all of that jam happening. But yeah, all of that news will be dropping soon. I imagine people that that is it. We do have a one more episode before the year is done. So until then, enjoy your film watching. Happy Christmas, motherfuckers. Um, if you celebrate, I'm just kicking it with my girl, which uh, is going to be great. Love food. And I'm um, fun. But people, enjoy yourselves, and we will see you before the year is done. All right? Peace. Peace.